Now I'm going to read chapter 16. Chapter 16 The Starving Roamer The next morning, after a breakfast of plums and coarse bread, they set out again. Maddie made Lena a place to sit at the back of the truck between two of the crates. She took the blankets they'd slept on and spread them on the rough floor of the truck. Lena could sit on the blankets, lean against the nearest crate, and dangle her legs over the truck's back edge. The burn still hurt this morning. It was a reddish, angry-looking blister. After a while, as the sun came up and sweet grassy smells arose from the earth, Lena began to enjoy herself again. She watched the countryside fall away behind the truck, stretches of brown gold grass as big as the sun, or as big as the sky, trees like hairy spikes, rocky slopes. And this is how it was for four more days. At night, they would find a place by a stream to sleep. If they could find a stream, they passed other ox-pooled cars and trucks on their way, both going their direction and coming back. They would stop and talk with these roamers and sometimes trade with them for food. Casper always asked if they'd been to the city. Very few of them had. The ones that had been there just shook their heads when Casper asked if they'd found anything interesting. It's a waste of time to go there, they said. Don't bother. Most of the roamers they met had been scavenging in what they called the shrubs, which Lena understood to mean towns that lay around the city. Casper and Maddie hardly spoke to her at all during the day. Around noon, they would stop the truck and get something to eat from the chest of provisions they had bought. At first, there was dried fruit, but they soon used that up. After that, it was traveler's cake morning, noon, and night. Casper always went to sleep right after he'd filled his belly. He lay back on the ground and snored. Then Maddie would beckon to Lena with a tilt of her head and they would walk away from Casper and find a place to sit, often beneath a tree, one of those trees that spread their branches out like the top of a big mushroom. They would sit in the soft grass and look up at the sky through the trees' branches. Sometimes a breeze swept across the land and brought them to the scent of dusty earth and dry weeds. After lunch on their second day of traveling, Lena asked Maddie where she came from. A horrible place, was all she said. Horrible in what way? Small, cold, and poor. Houses made of old boards, bad soil for growing things, never enough food, a place that was withering, What does that mean, withering? Lena asked. It means shrinking and dying. Things were getting worse there. There was too much sickness, too much hunger, too much unhappiness. People were always quarreling and a lot of them were leaving. It was ending, the place where I came from. I wanted to be somewhere that was beginning. Our city was ending too, said Lena. She looked up at the big blue sky and thought about the sky in Ember. Utter blackness, not a speck of light. No light shone anywhere in Ember now. There's no one left in our city, she said. 
Sparks is a place that's beginning, said Maddie, if it can get past the hard spots. Hard spots? Yes, like suddenly having to take in 400 people. Oh, said Lena, remembering the conflicts in the village and all the reasons. She'd wanted to get away from there. Her heart sank. Maybe by the time we get back, that will all be over. All that trouble, she said. Maybe, said Maddie. I hope so. Sparks is a whole lot better than where I came from. I can understand why you wanted to leave that place, said Lena. Pretty badly, said Maddie. Bad enough to take up with a fool. Fool? Maddie just tipped her head toward the sleeping Casper. You came with him just to get away, Lena whispered. Maddie nodded. Romers hardly ever came to our little settlement, she said, mainly because we had nothing to trade. Casper was only the second one I'd ever seen. I thought I might never see another, so I grabbed the chance. Why couldn't you just leave by yourself? I thought of it, Maddie said, but I didn't know where to go. I didn't know the roads or where the settlements were. I didn't know how to get food. I guess I wasn't quite bold enough to go alone. When you got to Sparks, you could have stayed there, Lena said. You didn't have to keep traveling with him. I would have stayed, said Maddie, if I hadn't promised to help him on this quest of his. I try to honor my promises if I possibly can. That afternoon, as they traveled on across the rolling hills, Lena thought about places that were ending and places that were beginning. She knew about endings. Now she wanted to be part of a beginning. Maybe the people of Ember could begin again in this city. If not, well, she wouldn't think about that until she had to. On the second night, they pulled up beside the ruins of a town. Not much was left of it, but you could see that once there had been hundreds of houses, the concrete foundations overgrown with weeds lined up along curved streets. Here and there was a wall or a chimney was still standing. Casper stopped the truck just beyond the outer row of ruins, and Maddie went around to the back and opened the trunk that held their dwindling food supply. They had stopped beside a ditch where a trickle of water ran. It was green, scummy water, but Lena drank it anyway. It was all there was. Casper seemed especially grouchy. His pink face was splotched and damp, and his eyes looked inflamed. He had forgotten to twist his mustache in points, and it hung down at the corners of his mouth. He dug a grumbling traveler's cake from the trunk and glowered at Maddie. "'What's the matter with you anyway?' he said. "'You haven't been very chatty lately.' "'I'm never chatty,' said Mandy calmly. Casper took a savage bite of his cake. "'It's like traveling with a tree stump.' he said. I thought you were going to be a pleasant and helpful companion. Maddie did not reply to this. She chewed serenely, gazing out over the acres of fallen houses. Lena realized there was a certain beauty in Maddie that she hadn't seen before. Her back was straight. She held her head high, and there was something unswayable in her. The bones of her face were strong, and her gaze was firm. There was nothing fluttery about her. You could see that Casper was finding out that she was not what he'd taken her for at first. She was more than he'd bargained for. On the third day near evening, they saw a truck coming toward them from the great distance away. They were on a long straight road with few trees or buildings 
to block their view. Just the dry brown grass and a few ancient fences leaning over and flocks of birds rising, swooping through the air and fluttering down again. Up ahead came this dark dot toiling forward. In 20 minutes or so, the two trucks drew near. Lena stood behind Casper and Maddie, looking forward. This roamer looked poor. He had only one ox, a shaggy sway-backed animal, and on his truck there were only two crates, not four as on Casper's. The man himself was almost as shaggy as his ox. His hair was long and his beard lay like a hairy brown bib against his chest. As he came closer, he stood up on his truck and shaded his eyes with his hand peering at them. Watch out for this one, Casper said. Could be a bandit. Looks bad and mean and dangerous. When the other truck was 20 or 30 feet away, its driver suddenly hauled on the traces. His ox veered and the truck turned sideways so that it blocked the road. Lena couldn't tell if he had done this on purpose. His movements were jerky, as if something was wrong with him. He climbed down from his truck and stood in front of it, his neck tucked down and his shoulders hunched as high as his ears. His eyes glittered in his hairy face. He stood there like that, saying nothing, waiting for them. Casper stopped the truck. He stood up and leaned forward. Out of my way, you ragged wretch. Move, that flea-bitten rig. The roamer came a few paces closer. His mouth opened, a hole in the tangle of a beard, but no words came out. Lena could see the back of Casper's neck flushed deep red. I said out of my way. He snatched up his whip and sent the long lash curling out toward the man and snapped it a few feet from his face. The roamer let a howl. He lurched toward them. All this happened in only a minute or so. Lena's heart was beating wildly. Was that a bandit? Was he going to attack them? She ducked down behind a crate and peered between the slats. Casper raised the whip again. Come any closer and I'll cut you to shreds, he shouted. But before he could lash out, Maddie grabbed his arm. Wait, she said. Casper tried to shake her off, but she yanked him so hard he lost his balance and sat down again. Why not find out what the man wants before you attack him, she said. Casper struggled against her, but she was strong. She managed to wrench the whip out of his hand. Then she jumped down and confronted the other roamer who had halted just in front of the truck. What do you want from us, she said to him, standing squarely in his path, her hands on her wide hips. Why have you stopped us like this? The roamer backed up a step. He looked at her with his mouth hanging open. He was grubby, Lena saw. His hands and his bare feet were nearly black with dirt. He mumbled something. Maddie bent closer to him. What? He mumbled again. She turned to Casper, who had climbed down from the truck and was approaching with his fist clenched. He says he's out of cakes. She turned back to the man. How long since you've eaten? The man stared at his hands. He had long, filthy fingernails. His fingers twitched. Three days, he croaked. Just crumbs. Three days. Well, said Casper, if you think we're going to supply you with food, you're very mistaken. Surely we can spare a couple of cakes, Maddie said. Casper's face was dark red. We cannot, he said. We are on a special mission, extremely important. We need that food for ourselves, all of it. Lena thought this was unreasonable. He can have one of mine, she said. Casper rolled around. No, he said. You're going to need your strength. You're being ridiculous, said Maddie. 
but Casper reached out and pushed her back in the truck, he said. And you, turning back to the roamer, get your rattletrap out of my way if you want to stay alive. From the roamer came a sound Lena had never heard before from a human being, a hoarse hissing sound, as if he were spitting a stream of fire straight at Casper's face. He did this twice, and then he turned away and scuttled back to his truck. He pulled on the ox's traces, and it moved a few feet along, just far enough from Casper to drive his truck past it. Casper yelled at him one more time as he passed. You shouldn't be a roamer if you can't feed yourself. He cracked his whip at the man and drove on. Lena climbed into a crate and sat there with her head on her knees for a while after this. She was horrified by the starving, filthy roamer. How did he come to be in such a state? Was it his own fault? Was he a madman? But Casper could have given him something, couldn't he? Or were they so low on food that losing any of it really would harm them? Her stomach lurched. She felt queasy, but she didn't know if she was in hunger or horror. That night, Lena woke up for a moment and heard the oxen making unsettled noises. She heard a creaking sound, too. By the sounds, stopped, and she went back to sleep. In the morning, Maddie discovered they had been robbed. Well, well, she said, opening the food chest. Look here. What? said Casper, who was wetting his mustache with spit and twisting it into points. Someone's been into our food, said Maddie. I wonder who. Casper jumped to his feet. Into our food? He didn't get much, Maddie said. Just three or four, I guess. She put her hand in the chest and felt around, but he left us something. Sputtering with rage, Casper hauled himself up onto the truck. When he looked into the food chest, he let out a string of ferocious words. Lena crept out from under her blanket and stood up. What is it? she said. What happened? Our friend from yesterday has been for a visit, said Maddie. We wouldn't give him what he wanted, so he took it and left something for us, too. Left what? said Lena. Casper was shaking with fury. His face was dark red. Looks like dirt, said Maddie. I think he took what he wanted and dumped a bag of dirt on the rest. She wrinkled her nose. Might be some ox droppings in here, too. The skunk, Casper cried. The miserable rat. In my opinion, said Maddie, you should have given him a couple of cakes in the first place. I didn't ask for your opinion, said Casper. You're going to get it anyway, said Maddie, suddenly fierce. You turned a crazy old guy into an enemy in less than two minutes. You did it. You've done it over and over. I've seen you. You approach people like an enemy, and bam, they turn into one, whether they were going to be or not. It's my policy to be ready to defend myself, Casper said, scowling, at any moment. Fine, said Maddie. So now, because of your policy, we're out of four cakes instead of two, and we have a lot of dirt on the rest. She closed the chest, stood up, and glared at Casper with a mixture of anger and scorn. If you ask me, making friends is a better defense than making enemies. I didn't ask you said Casper. On the fourth day, they went uphill hour after hour. The heat was terrible. The only water they found was at the bottom of a deep ravine. All three of them scrambled down, half stepping and half sliding, carrying Casper's biggest pots and sweating and gasping. They lugged the filled pots back up so that the oxen could drink. Then, they went uphill some more. It was late afternoon by the time they came to the top of the ridge. Lena was so tired by that time that 
and so hot that she felt like a boiled vegetable limp and runny. She was a bit dazed, too, only half awake, and so she was startled when the truck jolted to a stop and she heard sharp exclamations from Casper and Maddie. She jumped down and went around to the front. A tremendous view of land and water lay before her. Such immense water she had never even seen. Green, blue, glinting in the rays of late sun, white ripples racing across its surface. To her right, it stretched as far as she could see, but straight ahead, she could see the shore on the other side, green trees covering the ground and hills rising beyond. The bay, said Casper. This means we're almost there. We go around the end of it and then north. When do we get to the city? asked Lena. Tomorrow, said Casper. His wide face broke into a grin and he laughed, his high, weird laugh. He opened the door. He opened and closed his fingers, stretching and gripping as if he were imagining taking hold of something. We'll be there tomorrow and then our work begins. Thank you.